lot of men can these dry bones live?
Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army from the dust of the earth. Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army of worshippers. Again to these dragons. Good morning, everybody. This chilly Monday, November the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2023. You're listening to Sister on Scripture. Book of Ezekiel is where we're at right now. Chapter 33, The Watchman. Um, Well, The Watchman's Duty. And uh, I'm so glad y'all understood last week about having to cancel Thursday as my granddaughter was born then instead of today. So it would have been one of the days. So um, thank y'all for understanding and the congratulations and prayers, guys. She's just a perfect little beautiful baby. Her name's McKinley Nicole. Um, She was born on the... uh, on the ninth, so I actually made a joke of my son-in-law about it. I was like, "Look, she corrected nine eleven. It's eleven nine, and because uh, I had guessed that she was going to be born on eleven eleven, we were looking at the predictions we had made, and it was kind of funny. Mine was the closest on a lot of different things because we had the weight, the eye color, the you know the birth date, um, the length, and so I. My guesses were at 6 a.m. on November 11th that she would be 20 inches and weigh, I think I put 7 pounds, 8 ounces. And it turned out that she was born November 9th at 5.54 a.m., so six minutes off there, and she was 8 pounds, 2 ounces, and 21 inches. So got kind of close there and Caitlin and Ethan are both sitting there like what do you know and I'm like Jesus that's what I know I know Jesus 
And I just have, you know, he's gifted me with God's tuition that we all have. Everybody has that chance. And, you know, of course, she was tickled about that. Um, we got some good time together. She was discharged Saturday, um, was barely in there two days. And um, they're doing good at home. They didn't, um, I offered to stay, of course, you know, I would have stayed as long as I would have you know, been able to, but they want to, he's got paternity leave and gets three months paternity leave. Um, so, you know, they're, they're doing really well. And she was messaging me this morning and, you know, it's just wonderful watching your child have a child, you know, and you reflect back on, on the day, on the day that you gave birth and just so many memories come to mind. And, and you understand a lot more of what your parents went through, especially your mom went through when you give birth. And it's just um, that full circle of life and then just just the breath of life, you know. We've been, Scott was talking about that um, last week. It's just been, it's amazing to have new life come out of, you know, when you've got a lot of darkness in the world and new life just brings so much joy. And so um, we were, of course, tickled pink about that. But we did miss um, getting to go over Ezekiel 33, which is a very, it's a very important um, book in the Bible and, and chapter of the Bible. So we're probably going to only get through 33 today and pick up on 34 on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, there's no shows for Scott this week until Friday morning, um, but he's sending updates as he can. Um, he's actually, they're um, picking up the horses and packing out early this morning when he messaged me. Then um, it was about 8 a.m. my time, so it was probably about 5 a.m. Um, when they were getting ready to head out to go um, get the horses and, and pack in, so. I'll keep y'all updated on that as I can. And so let's dive in into the word. And this is in the NASB 1977 edition. The role and um, responsibility of Ezekiel as a prophet um, was huge, you know, he, he was tasked with a lot of things and a prophet could only be a prophet if they spoke only the words from God, not any of their own. They could only speak of the, of what God told them. Otherwise they were considered false prophets and the prophets role as a watchman. They have to watch and I'm not really watch. They have to warn, um, everyone or else he's responsible for that death and that's what we're about to dive into and cover now and the word of the lord came to me saying son of man speak to the sons of your people and say to them if i bring a, so a sword upon a land and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman and he sees the sword coming upon the land and he blows on the trumpet and warns the people then he who hears the sound of the trumpet does and does not take warning and a sword comes and takes him away his blood will be on his own head he heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning his blood will be on himself 
But had he taken warning, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his inequity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Sorry, I've got a puppy going back and forth behind my back and making it where I can't read. The prophet is a watchman to the house of Israel. His business is to warn sinners of their misery and danger. He must warn the wicked. How much wiser are men in their temporal than in their spiritual concerns? That's then you know worried about what they think in their head than this in the spirit. They set watchmen to guard their houses and sentinels to warn of the enemy's approach. But where the everlasting happiness or misery of the soul is at stake, they are offended if ministers obey their master's command and give a faithful warning. They would rather perish listening to smooth things. I finally just had to get Bella off the seat with me. When he's bringing the sword upon the land, that's establishing the context for all that Ezekiel wrote regarding the watchman. And I'm going to go back to chapter 3 of Ezekiel. Verse 16 through 27. Now it came about at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way, that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his inequity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you have warned the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his inequity, but you have delivered yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits inequity, and I place an obstacle before him, he shall die. Since you have not warned him, he shall die in his sin, and his righteous deed, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. However, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you have delivered yourself. And the hand of the Lord was on me there and he said to me, Get up, go out to the plain and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain and behold, the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory which I saw by the river Kephar and I fell on my face. The Spirit then entered me and made me stand on my feet. He spoke with me and said to me, 
Go, shut yourself up in your house. As for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go out among them. Moreover, I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be dumb and cannot be a man who rebukes them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you will say to who hears, I'm sorry, you will say to them, thus says the Lord God, he who hears, let him hear, and he who refuses, let him for refuse, for they are a rebellious house. And that was Ezekiel 3, 16 through 27. Ezekiel's role as a watchman is, was connected to when he sees the sword coming upon the land. There are many who consider themselves watchmen to the people of God today. They watch carefully and look for signs of error or apostasy. There is always a place for those to do what Ezekiel was called to do as a watchman, to discern that God's, God's judgment was coming soon and to warn the people. Yet many who consider themselves modern watchmen focus on the examination of supposed error more than the proclamation of God's truth. This is a, distor a distortion of Ezekiel's calling as a watchman. And, you know, it's people like right now with what's going on in Israel and, and with um, Gaza and the Palestines, you know, there's, there's watchmen's there that should be telling them about Jesus, that they need to repent from not accepting that Jesus was the Messiah because both Jew and Muslim do not accept Jesus Christ as, as their Savior. They are still stuck on Old Testament. And, and that's one of the, you know, the roles now, but instead they're criticizing everything else. Another way this modern office of watchmen may distort the biblical idea is by untruthful or unfair examination of others in search of error or apostasy. Take the ones right now that are um, outlashing at people about uh, being baptized by holy fire. Uh, because that right there, hmm, not a good watchman in my opinion but to each their own. They are accountable for their sins. If a watchman alerts people to dangers but does not give an honest and fair report, then he will not be believed when he warns of a genuine danger. Just like those that are keeping, you know, that keep nitpicking different things or are saying a constantly stirring drama you know, when there's something that's actually serious, nobody, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, you know, they didn't believe him. So it's important to not say that something is going to be unless God has told you that. I'm going to go back to 33.6 about the trumpet. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, 
and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, then he is taken away in his inequity. But his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Because the watchman saw that sword, but didn't blow the trumpet. But, you know, he, like he said, if you, if you blow the trumpet, the people don't listen. Well, guess what? You're, you're relieved of your obligation. Your obligation is to warn. When you see the sword coming, sound the alarm. When you see someone going into sin, sound the alarm. And if they continue to go into sin, you know, that's, you've done your due diligence. Now, as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. So you will hear a message from my mouth and give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his inequity, but his blood I will require from your head, hand. But if you, on your part, warn a wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he will die in his inequity, but you have delivered your life. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are rotting away in them. How can then, how then can we survive? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your fellow citizens, the righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the day of his transgressions. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. The watchman didn't gain his, his knowledge by studying the armies of the Babylonian Empire or by looking at the false, false prophets among God's people at that time. Ezekiel heard from God himself, the great I am, that judgment was coming soon and had to announce it. And the, oh, wicked man, you shall surely die, is the main message of Ezekiel. And Jeremiah, though in general, they brought the message to Jerusalem and the kingdom of Israel more than to specific individuals. They were trying to bring it to all. Because just like now, with Israel's sin, and I have not dug into this, but those of you who like to research, it's been said that um, many banks tied to Israel we're also um, tied to a lot of the child sex traffickers that have been discussed as of late. It's worth a good searching, I believe, just to see. If you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, 
the watchman has faithfully delivered his message, then the response of the one who he has warned was the responsibility of the one who heard it. Just like we discussed early on in Ezekiel, how no longer is father responsible for son and son responsible for father. No longer do those curses follow one another, the generational curses. But one is accountable for one's own action and responsible. And that's what said to the watchman, you have delivered your soul. Trying to get back where I was at now. I got all topic there for a second on that. Okay, we're going to go to uh, 3313. When I say to the righteous, he will surely live, and he so trusts in his righteousness that he commits inequity, none of his righteous deeds will be remembered. But in that same inequity of which he has committed, he will die. But when I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and he turns from his sin and practices justice and righteousness. If a wicked man restores a pledge pays back what he has taken by robbery, walks by the statutes, which ensure life without committing inequity, he will surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. He has practiced justice and righteousness. He will surely live. Like we, um, you know, our deeds here, there's nothing that we can do to earn our way into heaven. It's, it's by his grace alone that gives us the mercy to be able to be forgiven for our sins. So we could be righteous all we want to, but if we're not repentant and if we're not honest with ourselves and with God, because God knows, if we're not honest with ourselves, then we're going to stumble and we're not going to live. Because even, even though we've done what we think could be the best things or tried to be, you know, a good brother, a good sister, a good Christian, there's no such thing. Because we, we don't, we don't, we can't earn our way into heaven. We can't earn our way into the palace and being able to meet Jesus. It's just not possible. Seventeen. Yet your fellow citizens say the way of the Lord is not right when it is their own way that is not right. And see that one right there, that verse gets me. Um, because people try to twist and turn what's in scripture to fit what they want. And you can't do that. His word is, is not to be taken out of context. We are to be changed when we are reborn, when our flesh dies. 
and we are reborn as when we're baptized. You know, that is a death of our flesh and a rebirth. And when we're reborn, we should, we have this changed life. And we should have a changed life. We should practice righteousness, but also remain humble. We shall be able to, you know, by that humility, be able to help others, to warn others. You know, I was at a rest area yesterday um, Then I'd stopped at. Jack had stopped. Actually, I was asleep and got woke up when we got to the rest area. But uh, there were some ladies out there, and they were trying to tell people about Jesus. And and I just, I, I told them, I went up to them, I was like, thank you. We need a whole lot more of this. We need a lot more of sharing of the gospel and and sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ because I don't know if we're in end times or not. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I've I've known to watch for the signs, and I can I'm not blind. I can see some of the signs. Yes, um, but we're not to fear. And as we are going through Ezekiel, we'll also see that you know part of the messages here is not to let man know that oh well that's the end so just go ahead and give up it's that you may still live if you turn and repent you may live so why do we have to have it in our heads that well we need to usher in the the you know the end times we need to rush like you know usher in revelation because hey it's it's hard well let's make it better you know, let's be a part of making it better. So regardless, if if we are raptured and called up when, with the bride, okay, cool, awesome. I can't wait to ask a few questions and see some people. But while we're here, we, you know, people have been thinking that the end time was coming for a very long time, and it still has not come. And only, only the great I am knows when that time is. So... Until he declares that time and that trumpet is blown where every person, every angel, everything just stops and gasps in amazement because the sound is, they, they've heard it. They know Jesus is coming. Until you hear that trumpet, we should be doing all that we can to be watchmen and warn others of, you know, the sins and how to, not just why, you know, whatever sin that is, but help them through it. Don't judge them. You know, we all stumble and we all fall and we all make mistakes. And that's what this message is kind of, you know, relaying is that, hey, it's going to happen. You're going to do that. You're human. You're infallible. But you also help one another. And if you want to change, you have to seek that and be the change. But we are, you know, there's family and there's people that will help you through that. 18. When the righteous turns, turns from his righteousness and commits inequity, then he shall die in it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and practices justice and righteousness, he will live by them. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not right. 
O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his own ways. To his ways. Sorry, I added a word there. I didn't mean to do that. The unfairness is found with Israel. It's not found by God. Like he's saying right here, yet your fellow citizens say the way of the Lord is not right when it is their own way that is not right. They're trying to say that the way of the Lord is not fair. And it's just another accusation against God and his prophets. When Ezekiel and others announce God's coming judgment, some responding by questioning the fairness of it. But it's their way that is not fair. And God's boldly replying to their accusation, telling them that God is entirely fair. It was the children of your people who unfairly looked to fate or the past to determine a person's destiny. When righteousness turns from his righteousness, when the wicked turns from his wickedness, yet as in the previous verses, God declared that man is not fatalistically bound to his past, whether his past was righteous or wicked. I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. This was God's own standard judgment, God's standard judgment, and it is and was entirely fair. It was fair under the old covenant, which was greatly based on works. It is also, in another sense, fair under the new covenant, where a person's faith is proved to be real by their works. That's in James 2, 14 through 17. And I believe I had that pulled up. I'll check and see, though. I had them marked, but then when we didn't go over it Thursday, I forgot which ones I'd marked. Lindsay Stewart seems to be having some issues here. Okay, James 2, 14 through 17. What use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So you need both. get back to Ezekiel.
All right, Ezekiel 21, uh, 33, 21, word of Jerusalem's capture. Now it came about in the 12th year of our exile on the 5th of the 10th month that the refugees from Jerusalem came to me saying, the city has been taken. And just so that way y'all have some time, reference of time for this. Um, this time... Just a second, I had the time part of how long it had been. I think it was like seven years from the time. Yeah, I think it's seven years. Yeah, it was the seven years after the first prophecies of the book of Ezekiel. Um, Spooky Boulder asked a question, said, what about seasons in your life when you can't do works like you used to do? God has this amazing way if you seek out to him and, and stay vigilant, he's going to provide other works for you. Um, just like with me, I used to be a home health nurse. I, I worked in a hospital also before that and a lot of things changed in 2020 because I realized what was going on in the health industry and I could not be a part of that. I still cannot work as a nurse um, and refuse to rather because of the fact that I will not, my conscience is not going to allow me to, to go back to that. And I'm going to tell you, it went from a a nice, nice paycheck. And it, I didn't do it because of the money at all. So don't think it like that. But I had a six-figure income on my own. And I went from that to zero. And it was hard. It's still hard. It's still very, very tough. I have been praying for a home that is not in this camper because we are now having water issues with our pressure, the water pressure. We've had, y'all know, the mold. Um, we're coming up on, on winter again, you know, and that's when we have freezing pipes and, you know, um, there are seasons where, where we're meant to change and you don't look at that as, as you losing something spooky. Look at that as you're gaining something. God closes doors in our lives for reasons because he wants us, he's opening others that we don't know yet. Sometimes it's a, it's a job change or a house change or a location change or, or something of, of that nature. There's different things that you can do. Um, I saw where you said you're used to doing more and can't anymore. It feels like a failure. That is, that's deception creeping in. And we know who the ultimate deceiver is. Those are bad thoughts, and nothing that is bad comes from God. God is good all the time. It's the devil knows where to attack you. The devil knows how to get into your mind, especially when you're having tough times. Let me tell you right now, not smoking. Oh my goodness, I did though. Um, the 
when Caitlin called me that morning, the cigarettes went down. I had, I'd slowed down, you know, I quit, sort of, and I stopped. And then it just, I had a bad day, I picked it up. And now instead of saying I quit smoking, I'm just telling myself I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke. And, and you know, we're, we're going to have the more that you're doing works for him, the more you're going to have rubber bullets, so to speak, coming at you. You know, there's going to be rocks. Let's say, let's just call them rocks. You know, rocks are going to be thrown at you from all this, all directions because Satan doesn't want you turning to him or to Christ. That's what I mean by him, not Satan. Satan wants you deceived and, you know, that misery loves company kind of thing. God wants you happy. God loves you. God created you perfect in his own image. If it's something you can't do, guess what? God meant for that. God meant for that. So just remind yourself, that's a thing that our society now, I call it a plastic world because we put everything in plastic bags. Everything's individually wrapped. I mean, you go buy a pickle and it's in a plastic bag, an egg in a plastic bag. I mean, what else can we put in a plastic bag? I'm scared to ask. We are the worst country that is we're a disposable plastic society everything is is throwaway and just replaceable and that's where that's where um big corporate entities make money off of all of us because when you don't one they don't make things as good as they used to and two even if they are made well, oh, guess what? There's a new later, latest model. Like, I, take iPhone, for example. That's a prime example as iPhones. $1,500, $2,500 for a freaking phone. You know, and then now, it's, you know, I've got, I had, when it came out, I had pre-ordered it. Paid way too much for it. Way too much for it. Had to have it, though. Had to have the latest one. And I did that every year that Apple came out with the new one. I was, I had to have the latest, the greatest. Got to be up on, on, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, right? But yes, recovering Democrat. We are the consumer being consumed. And, and we're in this society that, that thinks, not only are things replaceable, but people. Oh, I don't like what they said. Well, I'm just going to toss them to the side. Marriages, uh, you know, and I, there's some of them where you, you should get out. I believe that God wouldn't want you in that situation. Like the letter that we had read from Sasha, um, from Rose the other day, um, Rose 54, I think those are the cases that, you know, you've tried and tried and tried, but people now treat marriage it used to be a sacred bond between one man and one woman. But now, it's not that for a lot of people. For a lot, and the younger generations, it's getting worse and worse because our older, like us, my age group, the 40-year-olds, the 50-year-olds, the 60-year-olds, you know, it started declining to where... You know, divorce started becoming more common. And now, 
Oh my goodness, starter marriages. Mm. It, it's to where, you know, when life gets tough, the tough get going, right? You don't just throw it in and say, I quit, I'm done. I don't like the way you played this game. I, I'm done, I'm telling. I'm just gonna go divorce you. I hate you, you know, those things that people say. I've been guilty of saying one or two of them. Not the divorce part, but. But our words matter, you know, and and people matter. And we're not this group of people that should be so easily able to just toss it away because we were made perfect in his image. Guys, that means God, we're God's image. Each one of us is, is God's image. That's why I don't argue with anybody that tries to talk about you know, God's black, God's white, God's a man, God's a woman, God's this, God's that. God's everything. Everywhere, all at once. He made black people, he made white people, he made Chinese people, he made tan people, you know, we're all different. But we were all created in his image. So Spooky Mulder, if you can't do what you used to do, quit thinking about what you can't do and start looking at what you can do. Because it's God that made you like that. God wanted you, God had a purpose for that happening. God had a purpose for those seasons. You have to seek him and get out of your own head that's going to give you those thoughts of, you know, not being able to do anything right or feeling like a failure. Those thoughts aren't productive at all. You're not able to hear God when you're, you're telling God that he's a failure. If you say that you feel like a failure, you're telling God he's a failure because you're perfect in his image. That took a very long time for me to learn with what happened with my my own self going through with the autoimmune stuff, then, you know, having this mold. And, and I went from being able to be completely independent, never needing anyone to, you know, not being totally dependent but I do need a whole bunch of people. And most of you are all, I mean, y'all are in the chat right now, or some of them. And and that's okay because that's what God wants for this season. That's what God wants right now. And and the many wonderful things that he's worked out in everybody that I've seen here right now in chat, I, I pretty much know y'all pretty well. And I've seen things change in your lives for the better. So just because something may be a bad season for you, you have to kick the devil out. Say, not today, Satan. Hell no. I'm going to go do what God said. God made me perfect in his image. I am perfect. I am not that. Just like I'm saying right now, I am not a smoker. I'm not saying I quit. Because, see, when you say something, and Little Red, I know you're only listening, but this is advice from you one time. When you, when you read something or someone else says it to you, you know, your conscience takes that in and starts evaluating that. When you voice it for yourself, when you voice it yourself, like if you say, I'm a quitter, I'm a failure, your body acknowledges that, your brain acknowledges that as fact. Like recovering Democrat just said, I hear you. I'm not my RA. You're not that. No, sure aren't. 
and we have to do these things. It takes practice. But once you get out of that, out of that mindset of the negativity and allowing Satan to have hold of your thoughts and your minds, and you remain in, well intended and know that Christ Jesus died for you. He loved you that much that he suffered hours and hours of torture in hell. He literally spent six hours in Sheol, a place of absolute total darkness, complete absence of light in the pit for us. So we're pretty darn special. Don't insult God by saying I'm a failure or I'm worthless or I'm ugly or I'm fat or I'm old. Well, you may be older, okay, but you know, God made you that way. God God made you perfect. We age. That's a that's a blessing to age. It means you didn't die. It means you got to get to that point. Do you have some wrinkles? I do. Yeah. I felt some really ugly ones too up under my neck from losing weight. I was like, oh, what was that? But you know, it God made us all beautiful. Like Tammy just said, our words begin with our with our thoughts, transform to life, talk. Wisdom is gained. That's why you speak life, not death. I say we're going to get through 33 today. We may not. I'm going to... I think I'm going to stop it. No, we'll continue a little bit. Oh, there's a whole lot more, though, I have. I'm going to stop it with, with the capture. And we'll pick back up Thursday on the capture. There's a lot of meat in this one chapter. A whole lot of meat that I don't want to not discuss. There was a reason that God had kept us going slowly in the book of Ezekiel, and I am following what he is telling me. So on Thursday, we'll pick back up with 3321 um, with Jerusalem's capture. I got a little bit, I know I started like 10 minutes late today. Uh, I was trying to find my wireless mouse. I left it in the car and then I was having issues with some other things, but um, I'm going to play some music real quick so that way we can go ahead and do prayer. Okay, God just put it on, and this is from Recovering Democrat, God just put it on my heart to tell you to pick up any over-the-counter cold medicine that you use because they are pulling it off the shelves. CBS started today. Thank you. Let me see what I can find us to, to listen to while we take prayer requests. I have to be careful because YouTube keeps giving me strikety strikes. Because this uploads straight to YouTube. It's probably because of COVID-Con, Mulder. They've got the new one that's like 5GE. It's EG.5. That I think it's Karen, but not a Karen in um, Bard's family room. Somebody this morning in the Bard's FM family room had uh, posted about it about the new variants on COVID and like reversing the letters. I can't recall who it was though, but it was kind of, I was like, yeah, that makes sense.
Uh, does anybody have any prayer request? I may just talk and wait so that way I don't get pulled on my channel and get a strike. Um, spooky, they're pulling it because of people getting cold symptoms, flu symptoms, not being able to treat it themselves. They want them to go to the hospital. You can also order um, antibiotics at All Day Chemist. I believe I was trying to the other day though and I think it was saying something about a prescription so I may need to double check that yeah they're trying um a Lindsay I see yours and I see yours little red and we'll definitely be praying for them. I know I've got a, I need to pray for Kilted Patriot's wife too. For um, her interview today. Yeah, so chicken noodle soup, sunshine, and vitamin C is always helpful. And if you use um, the broth, if you actually will do a bone broth, it's even better. Good stuff for you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and um, bow your heads, and we'll, we'll say a prayer to close out. Heavenly Father, I thank you for for just giving me the ability, this time and space to come together with this wonderful family. Um, for those that are here live and those that are listening later, just to, to be able to discuss your word together and, and to gain better understanding and to understand that we are all have the ability to be watchmen, um, just like Ezekiel, for us to, to be able to warn others of the dangers of, of, you know, falling short in our inequities and, and to not just be judgmental, but to, to help and assist, you know, Father, you, you have made us all perfect in your image. And I praise you and thank you so much for that. And for opening my eyes up and the eyes of others that have realized that no matter what's going on with them, that they're perfect in your image. And Father, those that are struggling to understand and accept that, I just pray that that you speak into their life and their heart, that that they understand that they are loved and that they are perfect just the way they are because you created them. And if there's something that they are lacking on, Father, show it to them. Give them the eyes to see it. Give them the, the heart to also understand and and correct it if it's if it's a sinful nature or or an inequity where they fall short, but but not for it to be because of a season or or an issue with a physical limitation, Father, that because you've made us all perfect and, and these seasons that we go through, that's because you've taken us down that road. You've detoured us from another path to one that you've opened that we're going to go through that's going to be so much better than we ever even thought possible. It's going to be warm and it's going to be full of life and joy. And then we're going to bring others that joy because 
when, when we find that joy ourselves, we're able to share that joy with so many others. And Father, I just, I thank you for the joy that you've showed me, that fire that you've lit inside me and so many others here. Father God, we are, we are eternally grateful for you giving us the mercy and the grace for our salvation that Jesus loved us so much and thought that we were so worthy that he gave up his life for us. He could have easily have shown proof that day. He could have easily performed a miracle, but no, he took the stripes because by his, his stripes and his wounds, we are healed. And so we are healed. We are healed of the death that we're born into when we come into this world. We are healed when we're reborn in that water and raised up and baptized in the, in the blood of the lamb of Jesus. Father, we are, we are more than what society tries to say that we are. We are not disposable. We are not easily replaceable. And, and that's why you made us, Father God. You made us all like this individually, but all to bring something unique to this body of Christ because each one of us makes up that body. And Father, I pray and lift up uh, Jeff's wife, our Kilted Patriot's wife, as she goes into an interview today. Um, if it's the door that you want opened and want her to go through, and that's where you want her to be, Father God, then your will be done. And for Lindsay Stewart, um, for her, the family member that they have or she has going through um, struggling with addiction, Father God, I know, I know how addiction is. I felt addiction even to cigarettes. You know, it's not easy, but but through you and through Christ, all things are possible. So, Father, we just pray that 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 person hears a word that that you speak through someone to them that they see where they're going wrong and and be able to turn back and repent from that and and seek life seek health seek freedom because Jesus is that key to our freedom Jesus enabled those chains that we were held down to bound by Satan to hell Jesus broke those chains Jesus took an axe to him and, and we're free. So Father, I pray that freedom on Lindsay's family member that's that's struggling with addiction and anyone that's struggling with addiction. Because it's nothing but of of Satanists of evil. It's not of good. Anything that's not of good is of evil. And anything that is of good is of God. And Father, for little Red's daughter who's been offered a job in Mon Montana and they want her to start before the 1st of January, I just pray that that your guidance be completely um, known here that that she may be able to be, you know, either delayed till after the holidays so that way it's not pulling a family apart and or separating a family um, by distance, not... Not actually like physically severing them, but by distance, Father, uh, that you know um, the path that you have for her daughter. And and I just pray that, you know, your will is shown there, that they know and feel that whatever decision, whatever choice is made, that, that they do it, that it's guided by you, Father God, that your hand is on it all the way around. And Father, for our brothers and sisters here today and listening later, I just lift them up in prayer for whatever need they may have, that Father God, you give them the resources to have that. For our brother Jim, who's still going through healing after losing his son, um, for, for all of those that have lost a child, may their hearts be mended. May that, that hole be 
be repaired. Um, and, and they still feel that love from that child and, and the love from that loss because loss like that is tough. And Father, for for all of those that are out here being disciples and spreading the word of, of Christ and, and trying to help others find and follow Jesus, I just pray blessings upon them, blessings of love and of any of their needs to be met by the resources that they may need for for the gospel to be heard on deafened ears, that ears are opened, that hearts are, are no longer hardened, but are able to hear the message. And if those hearts aren't, then go ahead and, and just completely harden them and close them off, Father God. So that way, you know, we know that only so many are going to go to you, but Father, we're trying to get all of them to you, all of them that you want us to find and, and bring to you. So Father, I pray that that whoever hears this, that um, that a word that I may have said that you you wanted me to say, Father God, that it helps bring somebody to Christ and and helps bring somebody um, closure. I'm feeling like somebody may need closure and and are having a hard time with that and and acceptance. So I pray for whoever's having issues with closure and acceptance that you are able to have that relief and find the the joy that you once had. God, thank you for the blessing of our salvation and for all the things that you have blessed us with, for the food in our bellies, for the air in our lungs, for the, the ability to have a Bible in our home or on our device wherever we go. Father, we are a blessed nation that has that ability to worship you, yet so many fail to worship you. And Father, for the marriages that are struggling, Father, I just pray that 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 all the evil entanglements that are trying to grab hold to these families, these these marriages that are struggling, that it be broken, that we cut those cords that are binding them down to Satan and, and release them to you, Father God, so that way these marriages can be repaired and mended because it starts there with the family unit. It starts there with a husband and a wife to be able to be one in the spirit and in the flesh, just like you intended, Father God. So any outside influences, we, we say no, we rebuke them, we send them away, we, we won't allow them to have any holds on any of these marriages because these marriages were formed by you, sealed and signed, witnessed by you, God. So, Father, bless these marriages, bless these families, bless these children, and bless all of your children of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you all so very much for being here today. I'm sorry we didn't make it through one chapter today but there's like I said there's a lot of information in the watchman and and there's still a lot of healing that needs to be done um as well and so you know this isn't just about me reading some scriptures this is also about about helping people because that's as a nurse that was my biggest thing I like to help people that was a calling um and a gift that God gave me of of helping. I see that to him. Okay. But, um, yes, I just, 
And we got where God wanted us to get, and that's where we stopped. And we'll pick up on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern with Sister on Scripture, uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 21. Have a wonderful, blessed day, guys. I'll see you online. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught.
Smile.